Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com So, what are your boundaries? Like, how do you feel about my interactions with him and stuff? To me, the boundaries are no sex. That's the commitment for life. Like, that's, we don't take it lightly. And that's you becoming one. I'm seeing Danielle as a bit of a gatekeeper and a guide in our relationship. I feel that we, we might need a little bit more room to, to be able to grow naturally. Like, like, you can rest assured I'm not trying to sleep with your husband, girl. <laughs> I'm just trying to get to know oh him. I believe you. I believe you. I trust you. I do. Yeah. <laughs> What's that eye roll? You're like... <laughs> I would think that you would make sure I trusted you guys. I feel like I never have gave y'all a reason not to trust me, you know? Reporting live from Slick Nick's bed, it's me, Kara Berry, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. Oh my god, Seeking Sister Wife Edition. I'm just going to have to issue a trigger warning for yuck right off the bat. Whatever you hear um, after this, that's on you. I warned you, okay? And I had to watch it twice. So if you're sickened by it, imagine how I feel. Imagine, and I had to take notes imagine how I feel. Oh gosh. Um, who should we start with this week in the world of seeking sister wife? Um, maybe we'll just start off with our old slash new couple, Sidian and Tasha. If you guys have stuck with me through, uh, last season, you know that I gave them a different name. Um, Sidian being guyliner for obvious reasons and Tasha being squeaky. 
And some of you guys may be asking yourself, Kara, do you mean Squeaky From from the Manson murders? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. Okay. You're just going to have to deal with that. Um, You'll see the vision though. Like there's reasons for every name. There's a reason behind every name and you're going to see it. Okay. It might be offensive to you, but you'll see it. Um, So Squeaky and Guyliner, like I said, they're back. They're ready to strike out once again. Um, They have been maybe the least successful couple in all of Seeking Sister Wife history. Um, And one of the people died. So, you know, it's pretty sad to see, (laughs) but you know what? Um, You get knocked down. And you get back up again, okay? Uh, Chumbawamba said that. So uh, here they are back again. And, you know, they're they're reestablishing who they are to the audience, right? And why they're here. Squeaky says that to her, polygamy means a big, beautiful family and a happy, bustling home. You know, kind of like a commune. Not unlike Spawn Ranch. You can Google that. Um, Guyliner, however, says that having multiple people, women, around really brings out different parts of himself. And that it helps him grow and self-reflect. Which, like, all I'm hearing is that he needs a bunch of women to fuck so that he can have a personality. I don't know. Maybe I'm just cutting a little too close, too much to the chase on this one. But I don't think I'm wrong. Okay. Um, So... Squeaky feels a need to like, you know, be like, no, you actually really love women. Like, I don't know why you don't just say that. And he's like, you know, yeah, I just really love their, their warm energy and their minds and stuff. And it's just like, you know, you could just like watch the view or something, you know, if that's what you need, a bunch of women around with energy, um, designing women, that might be a good one for you. Golden girls any of them. I I don't really think that you need (sighs) whatever. And like low key, if you really need somebody to like do the thinking for you, I feel like, you know, as long as you have a job, I think Nick might at least be willing to look at an application. Something to think about. You guys can link up now. Go on and DM him if you need to take a load off of that brain of yours. Um, so God, she, (laughs) what happens? Okay. Um, Squeaky reminds us that she was number two in the relationship or number three, maybe if you count uh, Guy Liner's white guy dreads, but thank God they've been cut off much like the first wife. <laughs> Cause you guys know that this is kind of like what happened with Brindle and, and that man who waxes his chest, Scott, whatever his name is, Ron, Tony, I'll figure it out when they're on the next episode. Um, Squeaky came into the situation as the number two guy liner was already married to somebody and they tried it out for a little while. And first wife whose face is blurred out of every picture. That's how, you know, (laughs) things went down real well that, um, she was just not feeling that aspect of, of the relationship. She wasn't feeling the friendship and the sisterhood. And, you know, squeaky tells us that that's a real shame and kind of an irony in a way that, as she was really finding herself loving the situation, the first wife found herself hating it so much so that she left. <laughs> Weird. Weird how that happened. Squeaky <laughs> um, also says that, like, you know, she was really enjoying the the idea of, uh, you know, having another woman around to help with the children and the housework. And 
I guess she wants us to forget that those are not her children. Those are the first wife's children. So you were the help. You you were really the help and, and you helped yourself <laughs> right into a monogamous relationship, girl. So they've decided to, you know, lick their wounds, come back up and start over again. And Sweeky tells us that basically she's, in my words, like the term that I use, the honeypot. The wife that comes in and she finds the women for her husband. She's usually the first one or, you know, the de facto first one because the first one real, the real first one left. Um, The main wife, the first wife. Uh, Squeaky tells us that she knows this girl that she used to work with a few years ago named Ariel or Ariel. I'm not trying to be rude, but like both of them, the two people who are in a relationship with her pronounce it differently. So I'm not really sure how to pronounce that girl's name. Um, But they used to work together. Ariel now lives back in her native Philippines and um, she decided to talk to her about joining their family because she's like, you know, if I think about the kind of sister wife I want, I think about her, this girl that I used to work with. Um, so they are now in like a Skype relationship with Ariel or Ariel and Guyliner makes sure to tell us like all the good things about her, you know, like her full lips, her hot body, her beautiful skin, her nice hair, um, her boobs, uh, you know, all the physical stuff. We don't really get into the personality until a little bit later when a, a squeaky brings it up. But then they also say that there are a couple of red flags. One of them being that they've tried to meet up with Ariel, Ariel, whatever, um, twice now and things have fallen through. They don't really say what the reason behind that was, but it felt like I've watched enough catfish to feel like this is sneaky. Like clearly she's not a catfish because, uh, squeaky knew her, but Something in the milk ain't clean about that. They also are like, gee, she comes from a conservative family. She's never been in a polygamous relationship. Her family doesn't know anything about this uh, polygamous relationship that she's in. But we're like 99% sure that they're not going to approve. And I feel like maybe, perhaps, one day, Ariel's going to wake up and say, this isn't the relationship for me. And it's like, yeah, like probably tomorrow. Probably tomorrow. Um, so they do a Skype call with her. It's not really successful. The connection isn't great. So there really wasn't much to write home about with that. But uh, yeah, they're intent on meeting this woman. The preview for next week didn't look promising. It seems like we might be in a three strikes or out situation. But Lord knows. God knows. Let's move on to uh, uh, let's do Joel Osteen. And large wife, shall we? And Leah. Back in LA, trying things out. We're still like, how many episodes have we had them? Maybe just the two? And we've seen literally like every moment of this interaction so far. Like, we're still in this real time that we were last week. He still hasn't grilled that food yet. Finally, they get to eat. Um, And where we really start is where with Joel and Roberta crying to each other, at each other, on the phone. You're my queen. You're my king. I love you so much. I'm so sorry you're not here. She, the connection times out, so she has to hang up. Um, And then he keeps crying when they hang up. And then he continues to cry. 
in the interview after it and he keeps crying until Leah finally comes out from behind the cameras and gives him a hug to like comfort him right um so Leah says in an interview well she says to Joel you know I I bet that was really hard for you to you know deal with that because you don't really get to see her like she's really empathetic Leah's a bit of a two-face. I'm not gonna lie, like, nothing about this relationship uh, is making sense to me. Um, I'm not even sure, like, where the chemistry was for them to even make the decision to meet each other, because these people are not at all alike, and they're clearly from two different cultures in a way that, like, doesn't gel with each other. Um, And they're clearly, like, very different personalities. I don't think that either of them, Leah or Joel Osteen, are attracted to each other. It's weird to watch them, like, he's not even trying to flirt with her, frankly. Leah's, like, willing to entertain a flirtation on television, but, like, he's still not giving her anything. This is not at all, like, his reaction to Bert. Like, not even close. And I guess they had a relationship prior to them being on the show, but this is so awkward. Like, I don't understand what we're doing here, but so she's like, woo, woo, woo. I'm so sorry. That was probably very tough for you. But then in an interview, skirt, a full 180. And she's like, you know, Roberta's like all up and down. She's an emotional roller coaster. And I just hope that like I, Leah, don't end up building up resentment towards Bert because like, I'm just sick of her emotions. (laughs) Because when I resent people, I tend to shut down and that's not going to be good for anybody. So she's already like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I feel like her um, rope with Bert was short to begin with. And it's like, it's been lit on fire and it's just seconds until all of this combusts. Then finally they get ready to grill outside. This man is still in his knee high cowboy boots. Like that has to be, he's driven from Colorado to California. He's not taking them. Those things, his dogs must be barking and stinky swamp feet. He's got to have swamp feet. Oh, I hope he put some like Z sorb or whatever you call it in his socks beforehand. But Anyway, he's out grilling in the hot California sun and, you know, they were getting ready. Leah and and Joel were like cutting peppers together and like flirting, not. And, you know, she's like, you know, I just, uh, I'm kind of like waiting to gauge what our chemistry is. And I really like that, that, um, what is his actual name? (laughs) Garrick. Uh, Garrick doesn't, uh, he's not so gropey with me, but I can also tell that he's like feeling me. I'm like, I can't, <laughs> he's not touching you because he doesn't want to. <laughs> doesn't like you girl. And you don't like him either. So then Leah and large wife sit down and chat while Garrick is at the grill. And Leah's like, okay, well, Danielle, in terms of like sex or physicality, what are your boundaries? What are your you know, rules for that? And, Danielle's like, well, I just, you know, no sex. It's like a very big thing. It's a joining of two people, um, you know, who are getting it on from the other side of your wall while you're getting ready for what you think is going to be just an innocent sleepover of of meeting of three. But then your husband's uh, banging you 
banging banging your potential sister wife the girl that you call sister god do you remember that they call each other sister she's banging he's banging sister in the next room over that's it you know that's really when you're connected and you know what it occurred to me that maybe large wife decided to get an airbnb or like push for an airbnb instead of a hotel room so she could monitor the situation a little bit better because we all know what happened when garrick had just a lick of independence and and who he licked don't we we really need to circle back on the fact that the retelling of what happened the first time Bert and uh, Garrick had sex was her yelling, oh no, sister be back, as he, like, you know, you guys remember that? Sick. <laughs> that was some of the wildest shit I have ever seen on television. So then things kind of take a turn for the weird with uh, Leah and Large Wife, because... Leah says, don't worry, girl, like, I'm not trying to sleep with your man. I'm just trying to get to know him. And large wife is like, yeah, you know, like, we trust you or whatever. And then Leah rolls her eyes and large wife is like, oh, what was that reaction? And Leah's like, well, I just feel like, if anything, it's about me trusting you guys. Like, I'm not giving you guys a reason not to trust me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Like, where did that come from? Then they all sit down for dinner and talk about how Leah and Large Wife are a little bit more outspoken, whereas Joel and Roberta are more reserved. And then Leah asks, like, okay, what what do you think, like, how do you think the day's going? And Large Wife is like, oh, you mean that call with Roberta? Like, yeah, that was pretty rough. No, nobody said anything about Roberta. (laughs) And this is how I know that she's up to schemes, okay? She is trying to make this scheme work. And I'm talking about large wife, and I see it, okay? So Leah's like, no, I meant like us here all together physically. How is it going for you guys? How are you guys feeling? And Joel makes up some like milk toast, lame, like, oh, you know, like it's very special to, you know, uh, see you in, in real life. Nothing. He's giving nothing to the situation. (laughs) So Leah then turns to large wife and asks her, you know, about how the household would be run if they all live together. And large wife again is like, well, we have to factor in Bert and, you know, she doesn't speak that well of English. And so that's going to, you know, delay any opportunity for her to get a job until she's more proficient. And, we kind of feel like she'll probably be taking more of a domestic role. It's like, eh. let's really think about the optics of that. You know, making the Latina wife stay at home to, to be the housekeeper for everybody. Like, let's let's think about that, shall we? Get her on Duolingo now. <laughs> that way she's she can hit the ground running. You know what I mean? Like, I know that like, oh, God, they have to get married, don't they? And so she'll have to wait till get her green card. But you know what I mean? Like, you know, we can start this process now. So she's not like having to be the, the maid. Let's really think about this. Um, so she says that and Leah's like, well, you guys know she's a nurse. I work eight to 12 hours a day. And, you know, half the time on the way home, I don't, I, I pick up something to eat. So I kind of feel like I shouldn't have to do the cooking or cleaning or anything. Like, I kind of feel like that should fall on you guys. And they both just stare at her like, huh, interesting. 
<laughs> have these people not had a single conversation as to what their future might look like before traveling to meet each other? Like, not a one? This is so wild to me. Like, I don't know this life. I'm so nosy. But this seems like pretty standard questions that you should ask before you, like, go out of your way to meet somebody. Especially when you guys don't live in the same state. Like, why wouldn't you talk a little bit about what your life might be like? Am I lost? That that seems like a very simple question. But really, it's kind of a dumb question because... If any of these people on TLC would ask the real questions before meeting up with each other, there would be no shows. Half of these shows would be off the air, so <laughs> they wouldn't be existing because people would be behaving normally. So, my bad. The Joel Osteen says in a confessional that he would be okay if Leah worked maybe like three 12-hour shifts because that would leave more time for her to like spend with the family and that's really the priority so he tells her at the dinner table you know I think you know maybe if you worked like 30 hours a week we could do that um but really like our priority is being a big family and Leah's like "Mm, well I don't know about all that because I have these ambitions I want to work I want to go to school you know I have my son and it's like okay well what were you thinking girl like was this going to be like a daycare drop-off for you like what was your plan you were gonna just be working 70 hour weeks and leaving your kid with these people like what was your plan girl what was your vision for the relationship So now we know that in addition to not being physically attracted to each other or uh, intellectually attracted to each other, they also have no desire to uh, support each other's dreams for their future. So what are we even doing here, guys? (laughs) I guess we should just move on. Speaking of moving on, I guess we got to talk about Slick Nick and Wilson Phillips, okay? Um, Our first scene is with... Nick, he and Danielle, his new queen, have uh, managed to get themselves out of bed. Apparently they uh, slept in while April and Jennifer went off to work for them. And, you know, they're having a blast. Very relaxed and um, treating themselves to some Minute Maid fruit punch, it looked like. And, you know, they're in the post-sex glow and having a great time. Now, I watched this show twice. I watched it live. And even though I tweeted the question I was about, I'm going to ask you guys, I was also willing and hoping that maybe I had misheard this, (sighs) but I didn't. So again, another trigger warning for Ick is about to commence. So Slick Nick makes it abundantly clear that he and Danielle did have sex. Now I was, I've been asking for the past two episodes what the dynamics of this are like because they said in episode one that they have the smallest house on the planet they also have a child they share a bed april jen and slick nick so that's one bedroom will poor william has his other bedroom and so i was wondering like is there an additional bedroom um or you know when he wants to take his lady are they going to different parts of the room and using their bedroom now unfortunately for me this is a very big lesson in being careful what you wish for because we got the answer you guys ready for this april says after nick says that they he definitely had sex with danielle april says in a confessional that eventually she and jen did crawl into bed 
just to be able to sleep like they would normally. So they just spent the night all together, like they always do, except with an extra person in there. So... Hmm. What I'm hearing is that April and Danielle, excuse me, Nick and Danielle, straight from their burger date, probably caramelized onion, ketchup, and, you know, salt remnants all over their body and fingers that they made sweet love, whatever that means, with each other. And... Then April and Jennifer, who had been drinking red wine all night, decided, let's just crawl into bed all together. So it was four fully grown adults in a queen-size bed. And I'm assuming that Nick and April did not even consider changing the sheets before the other two crawled into bed. So what I'm hearing is that four grown-ass adults slept in the fuck sheets of two grown-ass adults didn't even think to spare us that information. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. <sighs> Does anybody else want to take a, a breath? Let's breathe in. And breathe out slowly. That was a lot. That was a lot. You know, I hate to have to report this, but I'm an investigative journalist and I'm only, I am only here to tell you guys the truth. And the truth is that's disgusting. Like what the f- <laughs> dog, what? Blech. Gross. When April finishes that sentence, the camera pans over to Nick and he has the biggest smile on his face. He That's a sick bitch. Okay. <laughs> Slick, Nick, sick bitch. Y'all are all unwell. If this is what being sex positive is, and I'm I'm sex negative, I can't. I have boundaries, okay? So then Nick and Danielle are starting to talk about, like, 
with the dynamics and, um, you know, Nick is saying to Danielle that he needs to talk to April and Jennifer about how they felt about all of that. And Danielle's like, yeah, you know, I feel like not only were they okay with it, they encouraged it. Um, first of all, well, one, one thing, what was two, two things that need to be addressed. Okay. First of all, y'all slept in the fuck sheets together. So I don't really think you need to ask April and Jennifer if they're okay with it. Clearly, if they're sleeping in the remnants of it, I think they were fine with the action. You know what I mean? Secondly, Danielle, what do you mean by they encouraged it? I feel like um, we're not getting the whole story and I don't need it. Like, please don't tell me. I don't need it. But I just feel like, what do you mean by encourage? Like, were they outside of the door? Were they inside the door? Were they in the bed with you? What's happening? Don't tell me, but what's happening? So April says in an interview that she, Jennifer, and Nick prefer to make all their decisions together. And so when Nick goes on an individual date, it's like a big step for everybody because it means that they're all trusting the decisions that are going to be made. Um, so Nick brings up, you know, let's just all hang out together over the weekend. But then... In an interview, he says that his priority is making sure that the foundation that he's got and that he's working with is stable and that he's had past potential relationships that didn't work out because those women were under the impression that this polygamy thing was just a phase for Nick and that they would eventually have a monogamous relationship. So, girl, this thing is making me itch. Let's finish... (laughs) on Mr. Peanut, another man who's really about to make me itch. Before we get into what happened with whatever that was this week, I'm going to talk about two news items that happened with Marcus that have come out over the past week. So first of all, apparently um, Mr. Peanut has 10 children. (laughs) According to this article that I'm reading from Showbiz Cheat Sheet, which, you know, Take that for what it's worth, but I did see it elsewhere. Um, Apparently he was on Instagram Live watching the show. Somebody asked in the comment section if they felt like they were having an accurate portrayal of his family. And his response is, um, are they trying to paint a different picture? I don't know. So far, everything's looked pretty accurate. But then he says that the producers chose to admit the fact that he has 10 children So he goes on to say, my children are all over the world. Most men are out here in this lifestyle, the pimping all over the world. Not me. I'm chasing children all over the world. You hear me? (laughs) And then he says that some of them may be watching that live stream at the time and says, you know, shout out to you guys. I love you. What? How does this man have? I don't understand why this man has anything in his life that he does. He doesn't really seem all that charming to me. Like I'm trying to see the vision of how this man is able to procure so many women. The math ain't math. And I'm just not seeing it. I'm just not seeing it, but we got to also get to something that's actually quite dark. And this is like a real trigger warning for abuse. Um, so apparently there were, um, Charges filed against Marcus back in 2008 in Akron, Ohio. Um, According to those papers, he was arrested in March 5th of 2008. He was held on a $5,000 bond, pled not guilty. Um, And then in 2008, 
he was found guilty. He didn't contest the bond. Um, but yeah, apparently he tried to have these files destroyed. Um, but yeah, there was, I guess, a history of domestic violence with Marcus, which again, like, how was he even, Never mind. I'm not going to make a joke about that. It's, it's, <laughs> here's what I'm confused about is TLC's vetting process, because you would think that by now they would have like multiple eyes on the situation when, you know, we have, um, uh, Josh Duggar. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, even on Seeking Sister Wife, there have been situations with abuse with the, uh, what, what were the, the woo-woo family, the, um, you guys knew who I'm talking about with the dreadlocks from all of the seasons except for this one. And I'm just, can, the Snowdens is who I'm thinking about. I'm just very, like, confused. There have been a lot of people on 90 Day Fiance. There was a guy who just got, ar- or, um, charged Jeffrey. Um, just a few months ago for um, his domestic violence uh, allegations against him. So, like, what are... A quick Google. A quick Google. Get one somewhat internet-savvy millennial on the situation, and we will have all of their information, any tweet that has a questionable or racist language, uh, any arrest records, anything like that within, like, 35 minutes hire me. NBC Universal can hire me. TLC can hire me. I can do all of this shit. I will be done. I could get 50 people down in the matter of one workday. Okay. And you only, I'll only charge you $500 an hour. It'll be so much less of a waste of time than having to go through all the production. And then somebody being like, Hey, did you guys know that this man has like a bunch of charges against him? Like a quick Google. A very quick Google, and I don't understand why it's not happening. It's so confusing to me. Anyway, let's finish the show by talking about Mr. Peanut and whatever the hell he was doing. Ugh. He was doing. He wasn't he. So their scene starts off with um, Taryn and India digging through their outdoor bar to find some libations for Mr. Peanut's date with Vina. Now, you guys noticed that this outdoor bar had zero refrigeration. It was just, like, loose bottles, you know, much like you would have inside. But the difference is that that's, like, temperature regulated by whatever's going on in your home, like the air conditioning or whatever. Like, there's a general temperature control that happens in your house that, like, doesn't happen in the outside, what do you call it, like the patio in in somebody's backyard in Florida. Like it feels like Vina and India are slowly trying to poison Mr. Pina and like, you know, more power to you. (laughs) So Taryn asks India. Now we'll have to remember Taryn is the original wife who left and then came back. She came back to find India in her replacement and then just decided to stay. Okay. So Taryn asks India, if she's feeling uncomfortable and India with no sense of irony or the fact that she's looking at Marcus's first wife <laughs> to talk about how uncomfortable she is with the idea of Mr. Peanut finding somebody else and falling in love with her. India, you're the somebody else, baby. Don't worry about it. 
<laughs> so India says that she's just worried that like, you know, maybe the dynamic would change within the family, especially because Mr. Peanut and Taryn already know Vina from years past when they used to live in North Carolina. I'm assuming one of his children is, are there. I guess it would explain why he travels so much. You're in Ohio, you're in Florida, you're in North Carolina, just depositing children. It, really? OG Nick Cannon. Please don't get those two in a room. So yeah, India's like a little bit intimidated by the fact that Taryn and, and Peanut already have a relationship with Vina, but also, um, you know, just like other stuff. So India says like, no, sorry. She asked Taryn what it was like for her. <laughs> what it was like when you entered into the picture and she left because she couldn't do it. And then she had to come back and be like, well, I guess she's not leaving. So I guess I'll just stay here. <laughs> not well, probably, probably didn't feel great for her. But Taryn tells India that it was tough for her at times because there were moments in her like reconciliation with Peanut that they were not officially together, but they were like talking. And then Mr. Peanut would be like, oh, okay, well, see you later. I'm just going to take our sons um, off with India on a date. And she's like, okay, great. Well, those are my kids, you know? <laughs> So India just starts of laughing like, yeah, yeah girl, I, I see what you mean. I, I get you, right? No, you don't. <laughs> so then Taryn says she really didn't mind the idea of Marcus and India being together. It was more about when they got serious. And then India takes the opportunity to be like, yeah, we got serious like real quick, didn't we? Real fast. So then Taryn admits that she told Mr. Peanut to get India out, okay? And he didn't. And then they both laugh again. Like, <laughs> like this was some sort of meet cute for them all being in this harmonious relationship together, which we find out later was not that harmonious. So then Taryn says in an interview on the couch with Mr. Peanut in India that in the beginning of this whole situation, she really wasn't interested in getting to know India at all, but she stuck around and things just happened, okay? <laughs> Sometimes it would be a situation of uh, India and Peanut going off and having a relationship, and then she was just at home. That's sad, baby. <laughs> then Taryn actually does give India a compliment when she says that India came into Mr. Peanut's life at the right time, because apparently India and Mr. Peanut met, and then... Peanut lost his grandmother, who was like a mother to him. And even India starts to get emotional about that time. So India says in a confessional that it's going to be hard for her to watch Mr. Peanut pursue a relationship because she knows herself and she also knows that she's really territorial. So why are you in this relationship? Like, it was perfectly fine for you to be girlfriend number two, but now that there's a third coming, now there's an issue and you're feeling territorial. Okay. You just want to be the number one bitch. And like, I get it. But like, <laughs> you know, you got to be number one of one. Number one of three is not going to work out for you, India. And we all see it. <laughs> so... Mr. Peanut goes off to pick up Vina, and we actually find out that Vina lives in Charlotte. They're in Florida, so Peanut flew uh, Vina out for this date. So he pulls up to the res residence inn to greet her, and 
Y'all, she's like a whole head taller than him, not even including the dreads that she has like got in a high, uh, like beehive situation. It's, it's a head, his head, her head, dread head. And that's a lot. It, we're talking a good 16 inches of height difference. And far be it for me, like if you're an Amazonian queen who wants to be the short queen or short king, all for you, okay? But it was just a lot of look coming from Vina, a lot of look coming at me, okay? Um, you know, it was the the um, illusion mesh outfit. I missed this whole trend, and I'm really happy about it. Like it seemed very uh, maternity. The like the top that had the long train, but then there was like a short attached to it. You know what I mean? Like that was a look and you know, I don't want to say anything to any girlies who might be listening um, and who rock that look, but I'm just would say that it's over and I'm happy about it. She also had braces and she also wore her sunglasses on the back of her head instead of, you know, on her eyes. So that was just, it was just a lot to take in. Anyway, um, Peanut says that Vina actually pursued him about this relationship. And then we hear from Vina who says that she initially thought that Mr. Peanut was joking about wanting to be in a polygamous relationship. Um, but, you know, the more she thought about it, the more she realized that she liked him and also that he was not lying and he was serious. So it turns out that Taryn and Vina have a whole, excuse me, Taryn and India have a whole spread for Vina and Peanut. Uh, there's a bunch of Himalayan crystal pink salts in a vase for some reason. There's a very tall umbrella like it's a very instagram worthy situation there's a charcuterie board um you know the poison wine that they put in the in the in the basket there's a whole thing like it's like were taryn and vina the ones that had to set all this up because it seemed really involved like it was a housewives level uh, of decor And, and i'm just very confused but anyway they sit down for this picnic and they're having a great time and so then Vina asks Peanut what advice he would give her about entering into a plural relationship. And he says, well, you know, you have to be able to tend to multiple people. And I feel like over the course of my life, I've been able to prove that I can do just that. <laughs> okay. Uh, pat yourself on the back, sir, for cheating on your wife into s- some sort of Stockholm syndrome situation. Good for you, boy boss. You can have a wife at home, several girlfriends and children all around the country that you have to be traveling to, and, you know, in a legal bar situation in Ohio. You really can do it all. So Vina is like, okay, how many people are you planning on juggling? And then he's like, well, you know, ideally the dream is for me to have three wives. You know, I can't really handle much more than that. Um, you know, and the point of that is that if I'm off with one of them, then the other two can have each other for like housework or whatever. <laughs> great. What a great life. So Vina asks, what if, in her words, what if, or if the females ever bump heads with each other? And he's like, well, sometimes. And, you know, most of that is just because India's only been in this situation for four years. And Taryn and I have been together for 16 years. And sometimes India feels like it's two against one. 
And he keeps downplaying this relationship with India. Like four years isn't a pretty significant amount of time. Like plenty of time for you to have worked out her not feeling ganged up against. Like four years is a lot, a significant amount of time, sir. It's getting weird. Like, really think about being in a relationship for four years where you not only feel like your husband's not really on your side, that he's got a partner with him, tag-teaming, and they have a partnership and you feel left out. Four years? Girl, get out. (laughs) So Vina then starts to talk about how she thinks of herself as a butterfly and you can't clip her wings. And Mr. Peanut's like, ooh, that makes me a little bit nervous. Like, the idea of a woman... wanting to be independent and having her own thoughts. Ooh, it's a bit of a red flag for me. And he basically says that he tells her that it's kind of an issue because his family's a unit and they don't really socialize outside of that. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. So it's a cult, right? It's a cult. So Peanut then asks Vina, like, what is it about what happened in your life that led you to want to be in a plural relationship? Which I think is a question that anybody was asking, you know, outside of, um, is anybody in production going to tell Vina that her nipple's been out this whole scene? (laughs) That illusion mesh is not leaving anything up to the imagination. It's a true, true mesh. (laughs) realistic mesh and we see it all girl poor thing because i'll be damned if i'm sitting with my nipples out on national television with a guy who truly is never going to size out of baby gap like that's embarrassing so vina's answer really made me sad she says that she feels like as the years go by, there are a lot of men who really want to be with more than one woman, but they cheat. And so she would rather be in a polygamous relationship where she knows what he's doing, what the man is doing, rather than it being done behind her back. So you're settling. That's sad. <laughs> That's sad. Mr. Peanut says that he's really feeling Vina. And he doesn't know how the other women feel, but he's motivated now to get them all together so that they can figure out their dynamic. And then it happens. Okay. They're about to get ready to like wrap up their date and get up. And then Vina takes a bite of something and Peanut looks at her and says, well, that's another thing we got to figure out. And Vina's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I'm looking forward to figuring out how your mouth works. 
Ew. 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 Go home, Roger. And he does, actually. So back at home, Taryn and India are waiting to see what happened on the date. And finally, Mr. Peanut walks in with a cup and his little little shoes and his little shorts or whatever to ask them, you know, to tell them what happened, right? So he starts off first by thanking them for setting the date up for him and all the decorations and whatnot. And then he tells them that... Vina's leaving the day after tomorrow, so he invited her to hang out with them the following evening. Both, well, India really just stares at him with her mouth open wide, and she says in an interview that she didn't think things would move that quickly. India, this woman flew out of her state to come on this date with you. Did you not think you were going to see her? Like, that seems pretty serious to me. No? Like, how often are these women getting flewed out that you think that this is, like, a shocking <laughs> uh, update that he wants you to meet her? That's weird, right? When Mr. Peanut tells India and Taryn that, well, first he tells us in a confessional that they've not had a formal conversation about when sex would be introduced. Um, but he's inclined to have sex with Vina sooner rather than later. And his excuse for that is that they have a prior friendship foundation. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. I think you found a good reason and, and you're going with it. And you know what? I've done it too. <laughs> I've done it too. He also says that he really wants to know whether or not the sexual aspect of their relationship is going to be as fire as the friendship aspect. You're horny, bro. Just say that. Don't say it. But just say that. Like quietly to yourself. Leave us out of it. So then Mr. Peanut, Taryn tells Peanut, she basically gives him a pass. And she's like, you know, I feel like you're right. If you were just in a dating situation, whenever you guys have sex would just happen organically and not at like a timing or some sort of rules situation. So you do you. And that's fine. I think we agree with that. And you don't have to come to me or India. And India whispers, um... <clears throat> Speak for yourself. <laughs> so India says that speaking for herself, she wants to know when Mr. Peanut plans on having sex with Vina because to her, them having sex means that things are getting pretty serious. The Pe Peanut tries to pull a, pull a fast one on her and be like, well, okay, in that case, like if we have to have a conversation about it, then it's not going to be organic, you know? <laughs> okay. Fuck boy. <laughs> Fuck boy philosophies by Mr. Peanut. So India says in an interview that she feels like having sex, like Mr. Peanut having sex with a woman before they all have a connection with this new person is kind of like putting the cart before the horse. And so if he has sex with her first before they all have a foundation, then it's sort of like backpedaling to her. So Taryn asks India, are you ever going to give Mr. Peanut the green light? And India's like, yeah, but like, the fact that this conversation is coming up now just feels like he's trying to fast track this relationship. So then in a confessional, India and Taryn try to like, they get a little sassy with each other <laughs> and start mocking each other. And so India says that Taryn's just like, in this moment, she's just like, yeah, go for it. Like, this is great. Do it. Right. And then Taryn snaps back in India and she's like, yeah. And you're just like, absolutely fucking not. You can't date anybody. <laughs> And then it's like, you know, 
Oh, India's like, oh, you can go on a date because we're looking for somebody, but actually don't go on that date, right? And then Taryn looks at whoever's interviewing them, like basically looking at the camera and just smiles like, you see this shit? (laughs) So India tries to set the rule of like, you know, maybe any potential woman that we're thinking about should meet the children first. But then Peanut tries to flip it back again on her and is like, well, no, you know, the average single woman, if she were in a situation, if she had a kid, she would, you know, probably have sex with the guy that she's seeing before she introduces them to the kids. And I don't want to introduce them to the kids before I have sex with her, because what if they're all involved with the kids and then we have sex and it's not good. And then I have to tell them that like, you know, and I don't want to involve the kids in my sex life. And it's like, okay, you don't have to. (laughs) You don't have to tell them anything about the sexual ads. Like, if the relationships ends, why the fuck would you tell your kids is because you weren't sexually compatible? Like, why would you ever say that? That's weird. So you don't have to act like, oh, it's like telling the children, having the children meet her would like be this overwhelmingly bad thing. Like, get over it. You just say that you want to have sex with her. Again, not to us. Tell them. India, girl, what did you think was going to happen? Like, I'm on Taryn's side here. You wanted to be in this relationship and now you're acting like he can't do anything to pursue that relationship. (laughs) But also, this man is just horny. So I'm also on India's side in that, like, he is putting the cart before the horse. And he just wants to fuck. Like, let's be real here. Let's really be real here. So Mr. Peanut's like, you know, this is always going to be a difficult situation. And so, you know, I just don't think we should put the kids in it. And then India's like, oh, so should we put your wanker in it then? (laughs) And then the episode ends with Taryn and Mr. Peanut looking at India like, girl, are you okay? Are any of us okay? That'll be the question that I'll leave you with until next week, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.